Today's TribCast is presented by Texas State Technical College. TSTC offers money-back guarantees to students who earn degrees in high-paying technologies but don't find jobs within six months of graduation. Learn more at tstc.edu. Texas Talk. You said Texas talking. I'm gonna hoop upside your head. Texas talking. Tell me who can you trust when Texas guys are in Texas Jessica Luther. I'm a freelance journalist out of Austin and author of the book on sportsmanlike conduct, college football, and the politics of rape. I'm not sure why Evan felt me and my work would be relevant to the goings-on in Texas this week. <laughs> Baylor. <laughs> but I'm sure pleased to do this. And now, here's your host, Emily Ramshaw. Thank you. This is Emily Ramshaw here with the TribCast for the second week of February. I'm joined by uh, political reporter Patrick Svitek. Good afternoon. Demographics reporter Alexa Ura. Hello. And political editor Amon Bathija. Hello. None of your usual suspects other than Patrick. Look how fast we got through that intro. I know. It was a super speedy one. Don't any of you have any witty witty banter? I'll just start yelling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, let's start with uh, the press conference on the bathroom bill that Dan Patrick hosted with a fleet of other senators this week. Um, It was aimed at, it seems, debunking some of the business community's claims. What was, I I hear it was a little bit of a strange press conference. Um, Well, so it was originally pitched as as an update on Senate Bill 6, and it was a little unclear what actual updates there were to give. And But it, very clearly, it was the lieutenant governor's way of sort of pushing out this PolitiFact um, story from over the weekend in which they had found that some of the claims in the Texas Associ- Association of Businesses report on the possible economic impact of Senate Bill 6 were, you know, sort of a little flaky was basically the finding of that. and, and Mostly that false. Mostly, their rating, mostly false. Rating was, the, yeah. the pants on fire? No, no not, not pants, pants on fire. But it was basically found Pants on fire, you some, want to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> um, but which one, I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, boy. But we don't even have Evan on the trip cast, and it's already <laughs> off to a bad start. <laughs> but the, the PolitiFact basically found that some of the conclusions in the economic impact study were a little were a little flaky and and Dan Patrick took that and sort of had an entire press conference around it saying that this debunked the Texas Association of Businesses report, that this proved that there would be no sort of economic impact, that people needed to write about this. And I mean, in a lot of ways, it was him sort of using a, a media report to bash the other media outlets that were in there, including the Statesman, which is where the, the PolitiFact ran. Let's just stop for a second <laughs> and note, like, how often is it that the media, there's a whole press conference basically to congratulate the media on a job well done on something? Well, it, it was sort of both, right? I it wouldn't was, say it was a, necessarily a pro-media <laughs> press conference. <laughs> well, PolitiFact is media. Yeah. I mean, well, that's what, that was, that is what made it a little bizarre. I mean, I think Dan Patrick clearly was trying to say, you wrote about this report, now you should be writing about this and this press conference was the way that he <laughs> chose was to trying do it. yeah and and so it was you know someone made the joke that we were sort of expect that it would have been a better press conference if he grabbed the podium and started hitting reporters with it but it, you know he was very his, he was very aggressive in 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 pushing that this debunked this report and I, I will say the politifact um ranking on this said you know some of these conclusions are flaky but they didn't 
outright say there are going to be there is going to be zero economic impact. I mean, I think that still remains a question. And if you talk to tourism groups, if you talk to business folks in the business community, they are still saying, you know, we have people who have conventions coming up who are now maybe reconsidering or if that goes a little bit too far but they're they're paying attention to what's happening mm-hmm. well and one thing patrick brought up at the press conference that was mentioned in the politifact report was about how part of the impact of the bill was based on the super bowl that just happened and i was a little confused by this but it sounded like the, it was the fact that it was based on an event that happened anyway uh means that the report is flaky well, I, I think part of it was the timing of the report that mm. it had come out. That the part of the report, part of the TAB report, was based on a time period before the Super Bowl, and so mm. the the question was whether the Super Bowl would be rescheduled. And you know, Dan Patrick sort of said, "Look at Hero, we you know people voted that down, and they didn't take the Super Bowl." But I will say, I think I think Hero and the bathroom bill are a little bit different. When you, I don't think we're talking apples to apples mm. here, and and I I think that the bathroom bill for folks in the business community the question is more about perception and less about specifics. Well, we have a um, reminder that you can ask questions via Facebook, and we actually have a question on this from Facebook. Why? So why does it even matter if the, this Texas Association of Business report was debunked? Like, what's even the significance? I mean, I think for, for Dan Patrick, that was what a lot of folks in the opposition were, were pointing at. And so I think for him, he saw this as a, as a big win. Like, I've been telling, you know, for him, it was almost an I told you so moment in his eyes. But I think yeah, at the end of the day, again, it some of the conclusions were found to be maybe not really, really strong, but at, but there's still questions about the economic impact. I don't think that's gone away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and he continues to affirm, too, that, you know, he continues to view business as the biggest obstacle right. in his path to getting this bill passed. I mean, that may sound like common sense, but the fact that he had this press conference and that that has been the, the, uh, the uh, faction of opposition to this bill that he has always been the most willing to address and to confront. I mean, you know, unfortunately, you know, LGBT advocates, Democrats, they're not going to take this bill down. If, if there is a force that is actually going to be politically influential, I think it's going to be the business community. Or maybe and Joe Strauss. Well, yeah. and the, the business community is the audience in front of which Joe Strauss sure. has, has exactly. been sort of yeah. most vocal about right. his concerns. Yeah, I mean, the business community has been the venue for the political mm-hmm. debate on yeah. this. So, and that tells you, I think, about what at least the perceived influence they have in this debate is. Right. Um, well, since you mentioned the Super Bowl, I want to talk about the most pressing issue of the week, and that is where. Where's Tom, is Tom Brady's, Brady's jersey? <laughs> <laughs> and why is Texas involved? And why? I mean, is this something the Texas Rangers do? Who knows? <laughs> All I know is that the fact that we had a statement from Dan Patrick, which is, you know, there's also a sports commentator named Dan Patrick. That's true. About the, about the Texas <laughs> Rangers. Yeah, about the Texas Rangers, which to the average American means a baseball, a baseball team. team. I mean, I just thought this was like great on so many levels. All right. So what's going on? And where's the jersey? Well, apparently Tom Brady's winning jersey uh went missing in the locker room how does that even happen why what what was security like in this place i know was he just like whipping it around over his head (laughs) and he said he put it in his bag and then i think went to get a shower shower or something and came back and it was gone um and someone was rummaging through tom brady's bag i guess so and now they can't even sell it on ebay or anything because they'll know that they stole it from his locker room i know like what do you even do with that I don't know what it, I mean, sell it to an international like broker black market dealer I don't know <laughs> <laughs> black market jersey I mean this is presumably I mean Dan Patrick when he put out the press release he did note this is a very valuable jersey and 
why wouldn't the Houston police be doing that? Why they are they they are looking into it. Um, so, but Dan, pa- uh, so I mean, on so many levels, like why was it important for Dan Patrick to have a statement? Why are the Texas Rangers involved? The press really seemed to suggest that he felt this is a like a black mark on Texas's hospitality and reputation that they would allow this to happen. And Don't come to Texas because like we... Tom Brady? <laughs> no. Nobody likes Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, think about where our resources Don't are Don't come going. to Texas because we steal your jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's low risk, you know, relatively you know, is low stakes <laughs> statement. I mean, I don't even know if the lieutenant governor necessarily, you know, statutorily can order the Texas Rangers to investigate something, but he put out a statement that he's asking them to do it. He did it through, you know, sheer public force and it all got a <laughs> Attention and you know, I mean, it's Dan Patrick. I mean, I'm just picturing a bunch of all the rest guys in cowboy hats like going around the stadium with a magnifying glass. Uh, question from Facebook Is the Tom Brady investigation costing Texas taxpayers? That's a, I think I that's, mean, that's, that's probably yes. the, the substantive question yeah. here. I mean, either Houston taxpayers or tech. I mean, clearly, if the Rangers are involved, we pay, right. we foot that bill. And where would those resources go normally? Also, Worth probably just securing the border. <laughs> probably should have said this earlier. We, I think, reporters here, including myself, reached out to DPS uh, when Patrick made that statement. We asked them, are you actually investigating this? And the, the response that I got was, "We all there was one sentence, is we have offered to help with the investigation. So D- DPS isn't even confirming that the Texas Rangers are right. actually currently on the case. Well, uh, an important <laughs> on the hunt. note on Facebook, Tyler Norris likes Tom Brady. So <laughs> there is one person one in Texas. Texan. Yes, exactly. Uh, did right. you take the jersey, Tyler? <laughs> yeah, Tyler, did you steal the jersey? Now we know. Um, and also, I just wanted to know if, like, Tom Brady is known for throwing his dirty laundry around. Like, we might have to ask Giselle. <laughs> I okay. think they probably have a maid. Laundry. <laughs> well, at the Super Bowl, aren't there? They're probably cleaning people. Um, okay, so President Trump made a lot of waves in Texas yesterday by basically threatening to destroy the career of a Texas state senator. Uh, what happened, and who is he destroying? <laughs> yeah, he had a meeting uh, yesterday with sheriffs at the White House. Among those sheriffs was the sheriff from uh, Rockwall County. Uh, his name is Harold uh, Evanson, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name, or Evanson. And uh, Trump was asking, basically, tell me you know, how I can help you in your communities. And the sheriff brought up, the sheriff from Rockwell County brought up this issue of civil asset uh, forfeiture reform, which some members of the Texas Senate have been active on. I'm sure there's members of the House that are also bipartisan. On it. Yeah, it's right? created some interesting partisan alliances, political alliances. And he said basically there is a, a state senator. Um, that has not been, uh, you know, helpful and that who has been pushing this issue that, uh, you know, I don't like him. He said he or him multiple mm-hmm. times. And Trump basically responded, do you want to give me his name? I'll, I'll destroy his career. And, uh, you know, it was it was characterized in a pool report as a quip by Trump. But if you actually watch the video, <laughs> and of course, we know he's not trying to destroy someone's career. But if you actually watch the video. Do we know? I, yes. Why? How do we know that? He said, I'll destroy his career. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye on the, on the, the committee registrations in Texas for the. Next the time you say that about me, I'm going to know it's a quip. I'm super bad. Um, 
But you know, he, he. But what I was saying was, his originally character is equipped. But if you watch the video, Trump actually says it pretty seriously, <laughs> and so you know, I, this set off obviously a lot of speculation about who Trump may have been referring to. We know Connie Burton has a bill on this issue, but uh, she's she is not a he. A she. Yeah. Um, and then there's also uh, Bob Hall, who represents Rockwell County in the Texas Senate. It seems like it must be Bob Hall, though, right? This is Rockwell it's County. Lo- most logical choice, although I he just, hasn't been particularly active on this issue, as far as I can see. I just love that reporter that the set off reporter. <laughs> chamber yeah, just exactly. a- asking all the senators yeah, yeah. Like, as if you? there's going to be some <laughs> senator who volunteers that they, they want their, their career to be destroyed so I, you know i was surprised there's not an enterprising democratic senator who stood up and said yes it was it me, was me. Trump <laughs> wants to destroy me. that's a great fundraising email that's trump wants to destroy us there is isn't isn't it isn't chewy hinojosa the senate democrat um you know, who has been active on this issue. I mean, frankly, a lot of people have been active on this issue because there have been, has been so much reporting over the last several years about, you know, police departments and sheriff's offices basically, like, you know, pulling people over for minor offenses, you know, no convictions, and then just yeah. stealing all their stuff, right? I mean, is that the root of this issue? Yeah, it is, and it's interesting. Now this has drawn new attention, at least in Texas, to this issue. Uh, Connie Burton put out a statement this morning where she basically said, I, I don't know this sheriff. I don't know what he was talking about. But then she went for th- on for three graphs to defend <laughs> her, her, her bill. It's right. a smart, you know, smart strategy if you care about this issue. You get uh, some, at least you get your bill out in front yeah, of everyone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the sheriff was hoping to get Trump's support against yeah. this idea, but— a lot of us weren't paying attention close attention to this bill. Now there is a huge spotlight on this bill. <laughs> and I know, and maybe a spotlight on what's going on in in the Rockwell County Sheriff's <laughs> Office. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. I mean, I, I think too, it's a great example too of Trump's ability, and we've known this forever, but it's funny to see it play out. You know, here in Austin, uh, you know, Trump's ability to jerk the news cycle in one direction mm-hmm. at, at any given moment. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of. Uh, you know, staff members for Texas senators who walked into the office yesterday morning <laughs> thinking, I'm not going to get bombarded with calls today about right. whether my boss or, is oh who shit, got what the president wants to destroy. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's just crazy, you know? Well, what's been a little weird about this debate is um, we don't, Trump doesn't even know who he wants to destroy. He never yeah. got the right. name. Exactly, yeah. right. Tell me who he is. So, would, I mean, are we to believe that the sheriff didn't even mention the you know, never told him the name of the senator. Also, I mean, like, I it's got to be Bob Hall. <laughs> doesn't it have to be Bob Hall? And if it's Bob Hall, isn't it hilarious that Bob Hall is probably the only one of those three senators we named who actually probably voted for Trump? Right. Yeah. I mean, Connie Burton decidedly sure. yeah. did not, right? Wasn't she very vocal? I don't know how she voted, but she's definitely she's been definitely uh, anti-Trump fan. in her yeah. public statements. Um, yeah, you know, this this sheriff, it's my understanding he has somewhat of a leadership role or is in line for a leadership role in the National Sheriff's Association. So maybe he has more contact to state senators than we know. Maybe it's not just confined to his his county and the surrounding area. I don't know if we want to give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> you go ahead and do that. Yeah, right. I don't know. Seems just a little bizarre. It was, it's strange. It was entertaining. All right. Uh, just a reminder, if you're tuning in on Facebook, send us your questions. Um, in the meantime, let's head back to the legislature to talk about some key developments um, this week. First, let's start with the most controversial of the measures, this uh, big Senate uh, debate yesterday over so-called sanctuary cities and campuses. Um, Amon, do you want to just start off sort of by telling us about that legislation, what it would do in particular, and why it's been so contentious? Sure. The bill would uh, make it that uh, mostly counties and college campuses, if they uh, don't cooperate with federal authorities on enforcing immigration laws. Uh, The state could take away your funding. Uh, There was an amendment added to the bill uh, in the Senate yesterday that appears to allow for the state to kind of move and potentially take take local officials from office, remove them from office if they don't follow immigration laws. Um, And so this was a 
it's probably been the most contentious issue that's come up in the legislature so far. Um, well, this was the first. Yesterday was the first day Senate took up any bills. So uh, and this, they got to it pretty darn quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first bill they brought up was uh, voted out unanimously, and then mm-hmm. there was this. Right. Um, and the Senate did pass it on a party line vote, and uh, I believe they've they confirmed they. They sent it full officially to the House today. They uh, had the yeah, final vote. Mm-hmm. Today. Yeah. What kind of um, reception is it going to get in the House? Uh, I don't know if it's going to be as strong as in the Senate, but uh, it is expected to pass. Mm-hmm. The their most Republicans seem to be for this issue, and Abbott has named it an emergency, so it should get fast tracked. And so, why has the, I mean, obviously, this is we've been many of us covering the legislature for years upon years. Why has this um, measure fallen short in previous sessions? I mean, you know, it's it's sort of it seems like to be getting a faster ride now than it has in any previous. I think part of it is Trump. He's put a spotlight on illegal immigration, and that's made. Um, I feel like that's kind of emboldened Republicans to back it. And I think too, and I'm not entirely familiar with with all the legislative uh, language, but I think at least in the messaging war, Republicans mm-hmm. have kept this more focused on this detainer issue. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I don't, I'm not entirely familiar with the actual legislation, and I'm sure it could, there's other mm-hmm. loopholes or parts of it that could provide openings to, to more nefarious things, or at least according to, to critics, it could. But in, in the messaging, they've kept it very focused on this detainer issue, and they obviously have a very practical example in, in Travis County playing right. out. So I would talk about that a little bit because I, I mean, how does this legislation play into sort of the threats from Abbott, um, you know, particularly against Travis County? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is the, the whole Travis County dust up was kind of the perfect pretext politically for the for this. Uh, you know, Abbott has been going back and forth with Sally Hernandez, the Travis County Sheriff, um, over her new, you know, quote unquote, sanctuary policy, which, you know, re- amounts to her reducing uh, some cooperation with federal immigration authorities. Basically on on when to turn over, um, you know, undocumented immigrants who are brought into criminal yeah. custody. And this was something we, rel- we, you know, had an idea was coming. She mm-hmm. talked about it a little bit during her campaign, went a little silent after the election, but then came out and solidified this policy. Isn't Lupe Valdez, doesn't she have the same policy in Dallas? Isn't? Is, is, I don't know if it's identical, uh-huh. but what's interesting is, you know, that ultimately was resolved. There's a little bit dispute on both sides about, mm-hmm. You know who conceded what, um, but that was ultimately resolved. That was back Wyatt, in 2015, yeah. and Abbott did not end up in his telling or in his office's telling having to cut off the funds that he threatened mm-hmm. to cut off. And part of bordering on insecurity, our project last year, we looked at detainers from the different counties. Travis County, I believe, by far had the most uh, detainers that they ignored uh, requests from the mm-hmm. federal from ICE, uh, and Dallas had, I think, just a couple. And even those two, they couldn't even. Um, they couldn't even say what happened there, but they thought it might have been a paperwork error. It, yeah. it was Travis County and Dallas County are very different on this issue. I mean, I think it's been interesting to watch. Uh, you know, Sally Hernandez definitely didn't do any of the Democrats any favors in doing this as this debate was playing out at the Capitol. You know, it basically gave Abbott the ammunition he needed to then turn around to Republicans in the legislature and say, "See, this is why we yes, really this is a perfect this. example." Right? But I think, although we should note, it's interesting. His state of the state, he didn't mention her by name. Right. I thought that was interesting. But he mentioned mm-hmm. this. He, he mentioned this issue. Yeah, he yeah, mentioned yeah, local right. officials. Just right. Yeah, just mm-hmm. But I think a, a, some part of what gets lost in all of this one is sort of the specifics about what the sheriff is actually going to do. You know, the, if it's actually that she's not going to turn over folks, or if she's just not going to hold them for longer than they than she is required to right. actually do it. But the the other part that gets lost, and this is something that the Democrats were bringing up yesterday, was that the. Mm-hmm. The sanctuary cities legislation isn't just limited to detainers. I mean, it's talking about the role that police play or that law enforcement plays when they stop someone and if they're asking about immigration status or not. And, you know, it was interesting to see questions about racial profiling and, and you know, Charles Perry would say, well, I get nervous when I get stopped too, but 
you know, you had some of the Hispanic <laughs> Democrats who were sort of, wait a minute, but yeah, you, it's, it's a little different. It's from a yeah. little different. Yeah. You get stopped as a middle-aged white man. And so, right. uh, you know, but a lot of that has been lost in, in the conversation as we've, the, the detainer issue has become such a big part of this debate that that's really sort of taken up a lot of the time and, and a lot of the debate over this. Right. We have a lot of questions coming in on Facebook on this particular issue. A question from Susan. I hear people say that Sally Hernandez is breaking the law when she offers sanctuary. Is that correct? Uh, not right now. Right now. No, 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 no. Right. Breaking existing and law. in fact, uh, the morning, yesterday morning before the Senate started their debate, uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton put out a, a letter, which was really remarkable, that um, seemed to address the bill and say that it is legal. I believe that it would be, be able to hold its own against a court challenge if it becomes law. The legislation. The legislation, yes. Right. Uh, and one thing he mentioned was that um, he did confirm, though, that detainers are requests, mm -hmm. and which the critics kind of Not push. demands. Right. right. So yeah. I mean, that, the, yeah. that really does undercut the idea yeah. that these that sheriffs like Sally Hernandez are breaking the law. Yeah, to answer that question, I think right. in one sentence, the legislature is creating a law that she would be, <laughs> yeah. she would right. be breaking. Essentially, <laughs> essentially, there is no law now. I mean, there actually is no law now. Right. And the, the interesting part of all of this, the whole request versus demand, is that you know you have, you have cities all mm. over, you have jurisdictions all over the country that do this. And again, there there isn't any law that they're actually breaking. And so this is when, you know, we talk about the legislature a lot and if they have a solution in search of a problem. And, and Patrick's right, this time it's sort of a, a, they're looking to enact a law over something that's out there. And but sort of going back to it, there's also no actual definition of what a sanctuary city is. That's been a lot of the, the you know, over the years as this has been debated, they haven't been able to come to an actual definition, and I think this legislation in part will finally do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's been interesting to see, too, I don't know if it necessarily see this in Texas, but nationally, especially with Trump in office now, mm -hmm. you've seen some Democrats, actually, because we have this discussion all the time about how when to call it a sanctuary city, what right. it actually means. Some Democrats, you know, are embracing the term, obviously, as a, as a form of resistance to the Trump administration on this issue. So that, I think, is only you know, the fact that we now have both sides embracing this term to very, very different degrees, but just can, continues to obfuscate what the actual idea like when everyone got comfortable with obamacare exactly yeah, yeah. right <laughs> well. um, I, there are a lot of questions um basically around you know law enforcement so you know is there any indication that if this measure passes which it looks like it's likely to do that there will be sort of additional training for law enforcement in you know picking up these additional immigration duties you know have they had any cachet with the legislature and sort of a lot of law enforcement groups i know have been opposed to this right i, I think it's been a mixed bag at, at the hours-long hearing that they had before this was voted out um, you know you had some sheriffs uh, who said you know you don't get to choose which laws you follow again this wasn't actually a law so right. there wasn't something to follow or not but then you also had other folks I think it was the Austin and San Antonio police departments who said this is not going to help us in any way in terms of our relationship with our community. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a question from Ricky. Is it lawful for legislators to remove a publicly elected official like Sally Hernandez? And is there any precedent for that? So this was something that Greg Abbott talked about or first raised a while back. And when he first talked about it, it was, in a, I think, a very kind of oversimplified way he basically you know gave people the impression that this that he's going to have the power to fire people he didn't necessarily say that but he gave people that impression um, you know he has since elaborated a little bit on this um, that this would impose basically penalties criminal penalties on quote-unquote sanctuary city offenders that would cause them to potentially go to jail and thus be removed from office because mm -hmm. I don't think you can uh, you know govern a, a sheriff's 
department from jail. Um, I, don't, I don't honestly don't even know. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know from experience. And yeah. So yeah, I think Abbott when he first spoke about that was maybe skipping a few steps and how you right. get to, from you know a sanctuary city offense to getting removed from office. Right. But no, I mean this is as far as I know this legislation is not going to lead to giving people like Greg Abbott the power to fire sanctuary city offenders. It's going to mm -hmm. create a process by which they can lose their job. I believe. Mm -hmm. We should point out though that in he did withhold some of the criminal justice yeah. grants his office was giving to mm -hmm. Travis County, and I think at there was at least one report that that would end up costing like 18 people their jobs. And they've mm -hmm. since made a decision on that. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I mean, the, uh, the irony there is that right. he could <laughs> end up firing everybody, mm -hmm. you know, a, not the, not the a, sheriff, a bunch of people besides the sheriff indirectly. Another theme in the questions that are rolling in specific to sanctuary cities legislation is, is it an unfunded mandate? It is not my understanding that there is any funding attached to this to say sort of help local departments, um, you know, put better police this, right? I think that's right. I, I yeah. haven't seen any sort of fiscal note attached to this. And, and if, I, if it's a GOP-led right. piece of legislation, the chances of it having a fiscal note are, you know, yeah. next to none. And, <laughs> and I think that's part of what we've seen some of the critics say as well. You know, mm -hmm. this is something that isn't in our response. You know, this isn't part of our responsibilities, mm -hmm. and now you're requiring us to do more, but you're not giving us any sort of additional funding or training. Mm -hmm. All right, well, I want to talk. We have several minutes left, and I do want to pivot to talking mm -hmm. um, about the refugee situation in Texas. Alexa, you've been following very closely, some of these, um, you know, families who are poised to come into Texas and then after Trump's order, um, you know, weren't unable to and now sort of what's the latest and maybe cast it through the lens of, you know, the family that you've been closely following. So uh, Monday night, a Syrian family of six made it to Texas. Um, we were at the airport when when they came in on their flight from Chicago and they were among some of the first families that were able to come into the country after their initial arrivals had been canceled following Trump's executive order in which he banned travel from um, seven predominantly Muslim countries and he put the refugee program on hold for 120 days and indefinitely banned Syrian refugees from being admitted. And that was put on hold by a federal judge in Washington and so that allowed for for resettlement officials to very quickly reschedule flights for families who had been turned away before. Um, had this family like made it to the airport? I mean, had they even, or were they just on the list to come in the coming days they, and weren't able, and then had it canceled? They were scheduled to come in last Tuesday from mm -hmm. Jordan. Mm -hmm. um, you know, had their bags ready and, and were ready to get to the airport. It's unclear sort of if they had been at the airport when this came down. Usually uh, refugees don't fly in mm -hmm. over the weekend. Most resettlement and arrivals happen during the week. And so, hmm. um, there are questions as to whether any folks were sort of in the air when Trump signed this order on a Friday evening. Um, but you know, this family was was one of was really just caught up in this in this order. And you know, f last week they thought that they weren't going to be able to come. And and so when the when the federal judge put this on hold everything sort of changed for them again. Mm -hmm. And they were able to reschedule their flight, and they got in uh, Monday night. And, and really, they were among sort of about a 1,000 refugees who were scheduled to arrive last week. Um, they are among those who have now been rescheduled. It's unclear how many more. But I think we can definitely expect some folks to, we can definitely expect resettlement folks to sort of reschedule as many flights until this, as long as this hold remains on, on the enforcement. And so even though this, you know, there's the sort of litigation continues and the Trump administration has fired back, at the present time, people can still keep coming into Texas. Correct. Yeah. Folks, folks, are, folks are coming in from all over. And, you know, what we've heard from resettlement officials and, again, talking about Trump sort of shining a light on efforts 
you know local efforts to do other things we've heard from resettlement officials who have said this has led to sort of an outpouring in volunteers we have local businesses who are offering to hire refugees who are coming and give them wow. jobs and people giving money and so in a lot of ways a fight that Donald Trump and you know started in DC has led to a lot of outpouring of support locally and so the folks who are coming now are, are in, in some ways in a better position almost in terms of the support that they might get. How does this jive with the sort of uh, political environment in Texas? I mean, obviously we've had, you know, Abbott very aggressively saying, you know, Texas yeah. basically backed out of the federal refugee resettlement settlement program, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen, I think we brought this up in the last tripcast too, you know, after some initial shakiness slash silence, Texas Republicans have largely fallen in line behind this order and they've defended it as it gets challenged in the court system. You know, just today, Ted Cruz was on Fox News saying uh, this, you know, the tr Trump, what Trump did is, is legally right and deserves to stand. Um, Greg Abbott recently did an interview where he said this is, you know, constitutional, you know, this the judge was wrong, basically. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they've they've come to his defense for the most part. Maybe again, it was a, little, a little shaky and silent at first. But oh, they, right. Not Will Hurd. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Will Hurd continues to be kind of the standout here. I know he did a CNN appearance the other day where he said um, that this order uh, is amounts to a sign of distrust, I think, to U.S. allies in that region. There's seven countries, including mm. the order. So, you know, he is uh, was never a huge fan of Trump during his, his reelection campaign. He continues to speak out when, when given the opportunity. Yeah. I've got to say, though, I, I was really I mean, I know Greg Abbott has now commented on it, but you know, he went to court for almost a year to keep Syrian refugees out, and for mm -hmm. days after this order, we did not know what his opinion was. I mean, there was just sort of nothing coming out from his office. Dan Patrick took a little while to comment. I mean, the only mm -hmm. one we heard from was Joe Strauss, who who also said you know he had some concerns about international students and, and what this would reflect in terms of whether we were opposed to people of a specific who followed a specific religion. But really, folks were just really slow to get there but i mean fine you know we've yeah. we've heard them now but it was it was a strange reaction from a group of people who are usually you know fall in line pretty quickly yeah yeah i think we've talked about this before but i think you know that was a product of apparently a lot of top republicans not being kept in the loop on right. this issue mm -hmm. And then also um, just the incredibly fluid nature of that weekend. Well, um, how outraged the, the public was. Yeah. It was chaos. Yeah, right. at the airports and everything. Right. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> not defending Sensitive. their silence, yeah, but right. I mean, you know, maybe that's if you, if you want well, to get inside. If you're a politician, their, yeah, if you want to get yeah. inside the mind of a politician, maybe that's what you were thinking that weekend. But it was surprising, especially Abbott, as you mentioned, very vocal about this issue. Didn't weigh in on it, weigh in, on it in a voluntary way yeah. for a while. Um, mm -hmm. Question from Gregory on Facebook: Have there been any economic consequences of the um, quote-unquote ban thus far in Texas? Uh, not that I know of. I, I, hard to know. It was pretty. It's been pretty quick. Yeah, it was pretty quick. You know, it was only. I think we should commission a study. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> get Polita back yeah. to roll on it. Yeah. Um, you know, there was. It was only enforced for about a week, and so I. I don't know that that's enough time to actually feel anything. I. There were a couple of some of the big tech companies who I think filed an amicus brief in the law in the federal lawsuit mm -hmm. sort of saying this hurts us this, um but right, i don't these, a lot of these people are employees or our future employees right exactly and, I, I think yeah. it, i think apple and facebook were both mm -hmm. involved in that and you know folks who also have offices here in texas but i i don't think we've seen sort of any immediate impact mm -hmm. All right, folks, well, that's all the time we have. If you have questions or comments, you can email them to tribcast at texastribune.org. Uh, thanks to Shiny Ribs for doing our music. And on behalf of Amon, uh, Patrick, Alexa, and our producers, Todd and Bobby, this is Emily. Thanks for listening. Texas talking. Texas talking. Texas talking. Texas talking.
know. It's yeah. more. It's not about the soot. It's about like the violence of banging your head into the corner of a brick thing, yeah. right? 